Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. So much to share with you. Uh, I told my wife yesterday I feel like I have a lot to say, but the last thing I have is a sermon. Uh, I really just want to talk to you about this journey. I, I want to talk to you just from experience and um, just things I've learned and went through and am going through. Uh, recently, uh, just going through probably one of the deepest works in my life personally that's ever happened to me. Um, just inner healing and some things going on. So in, in the process of that journey of learning what all that looks like and what it feels like, and I, and I think I think for a long time the church has had this idea that uh, when you're going to get inner healing or however you want to say that, I feel like I'm all messed up here, y'all. We had this idea that somebody preaches an awesome message, gives us this word, we come up here, they say a prayer over us, and bam, we're healed. And I feel like we, we approach that, we have, we have that mentality when we approach healing, when we approach uh, salvation, uh, so much just in the, in the journey of faith. We expect everything to happen in these moments where somebody prays over us. And I'm not here to tell you that never happens, because there are occasions where just the supernatural power of God does something in your life, maybe breaks something off of you. But Paul was very specific in talking about faith and He was very specific in calling it a journey, and he called it this, the good fight. And I feel like it's something we don't talk about and we don't deal with enough. And because of it, I feel like most people are blindsided by Christianity because we get into life and experience a different version than what was peddled to us from a pulpit. And when we get into it, we realize nowhere in the New Testament did they soften it and patty cake these people into Christianity. They knew that if you joined this thing, you joined a fight. And so today I want to share some of this with you, and I'm going to jump around and pull some scriptures if you want to try to keep up with me in your Bible. Nothing will be on the screen this morning. I'm just going to pull some things, put some things together from the Apostle Paul. And, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, a uh, very, very popular chapter. We know it because it's where he deals with the armor of God. But I want to pull just a couple of scriptures out in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Uh, I'm going to read 11 and 12, if I can find it. <laughs> Ephesians 6 and 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in heavenly places. The key phrase here is, we do not wrestle against. The very term, we do not wrestle against, means we do wrestle. Don't, don't be mistaken. There is a fight. And if you come into this not thinking there's a fight, then you never be able to win the fight. Or you'll think the fight is an indication that you're not really what you thought you were. When in reality, the fight itself proves I made a change. If you're not in a fight, it's because your enemy doesn't deem you worth fighting. Mm, I know that hurts, don't it? I hate that, but you see what I'm saying? 
Paul was getting ready to go into another town and a prophet came to Paul and sat down next to him, took Paul's jacket, wrapped around him and said, whoever's cloak this is, if you go into the next, I'm paraphrasing, if you go into the next town, they're going to bind you up. And Paul was like, bind me up. Man, I'm ready to go to this next town and die for this. So, so don't, you're not going to deter me or persuade me by telling me this thing may be rough. He said, I knew it was going to be tough, and I came in this thing ready to fight. I came in this thing ready to make this thing happen. And so today I want to talk to you about the good fight. And if the term is, we wrestle not against, therefore we do wrestle, and this term says the good fight, that means there's a good fight and there's a not good fight. If you break down the word in the Bible that says a good fight, it means a fight that is advantageous, one that there is something to be gained. I feel like the church has done a lot of fighting, we just haven't been in the good fight. We fight everything. We fight each other, we fight over the color of carpet, we fight over wear a hat or don't wear a hat, we fight over how you should dress, how you should move, where you should go to church. We fight over everything and none of those fights has gotten us anywhere. Because it's not a good fight. It's not one that is advantageous, it's not one that I pull from and gain from. My dad has told me all my life, never go to war where there is no spoils. Don't go into a fight that is not advantageous, that you're not going to receive something from. It was also probably the best marital advice that my parents ever gave me was pick your battles. Don't fight over everything. When you understand that I'm only going to fight and engage and go into this thing where I know there's something to be gained from it. But most of the time we spend all of our energy fighting over our preferences. Your preference gains you nothing when you win. We don't gain anything from fighting over my preference. I gain from fighting the good fight. What is that good fight? It's the good fight of faith. Paul was very clear, and I, I love to read First and Second Timothy because Paul is writing to a son, and he's preparing this son not only for ministry but for life. And he's preparing his, son, his spiritual son, Timothy. And there's so much incredible stuff in Timothy 1 and 2. And in these two, chap, these two books, Paul is very clear. You're about to enter into a fight. You must endure hardship as a good soldier. A soldier who is in, uh, does not become entangled with the affairs of this world when he is engaged in the good fight. We're so entangled in everything else because we're not in the right fight. And everything about Christianity becomes about our willingness, our grittiness to withstand this, to hang in there, to fight for this thing. But we've talked most Christians out of fighting for everything. And we've covered it up with two things that are some of our greatest weapons, but we've used them as cover-ups not to fight, and that's prayer and worship. Look, if you'll just pray and you'll get in a worship service, everything will be fine. Well, why aren't we all walking on clouds? It's because there's a fight. It's because there's an enemy. It's because there's something inside of you that's fighting against all the destiny that's been placed inside of you, that's coming against everything within you. And we expect to come up here and someone lay hands on us and we be changed in a moment and leave out the door and never have to fight again. Can I tell you, once they lay hands on you, they just put you in the fight. And if you don't know that, you'll lay down and you'll give up and you'll, you'll stop. 
man, dad has been throwing this scripture at me this week. Uh, not throwing it at me, we've been using it. Uh, Proverbs 24 and 10 says, he that faints in adversity is weak. What do you do with that one? He that faints in adversity is weak. Do you know why the Navy SEALs go through the level of training they do? Because they don't have the privilege of fainting in adversity. And if we knew the position we were in when we stepped into salvation, we would have the same mentality that I don't have the privilege to stop. I don't have the privilege to lay down in this moment. There's no quit in me. When I'm in the middle of this, when I'm struggling with this and I'm dealing with this and I don't understand things, there's this thing in me that says I don't have the privilege to lay down in this moment. The church needs to get some grit about them that says, Kenny, I don't quit. I don't back up and I don't slow down. I fight this thing. I go after this thing. I don't have all the answers and I don't always understand it, but one thing I do know is I'm not quitting. I'm not stepping back and I'm not slowing down. The church needs to understand we're in a fight. We're in a fight. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Actually, we'll start 1 Timothy. I'm just going to read it real quick. 1 Timothy 1 and 18. Paul says, This charge I commit to you, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. We love to get really good prophetic words. But your prophetic words are your weapons to begin to wage warfare. They're not for you to sit on some cloud and feel like you've made it and now you're a minister and now you can do things. No, it's so you can fight. It's so when the enemy comes at you and says, did God really say, or are you really this? You say, I have some prophetic words and I'm going to use them to fight. Right now, in the midst of what we're going through, the, the average right now is since, since COVID came in and scared everybody to death and shut down churches for months, since then churches are down to 50% of capacities, churches that have come back. They lost 50% of their membership during this scare. Why? Because weak people faint in adversity. We're not strong because we don't know we're in a fight. And when you don't know you're in a fight, you're not preparing for what you're in. You're not preparing yourself. You're not tapping into that inner grit and saying, I refuse to lay down. Jacob found himself wrestling with God and God himself says, let me go. And Jacob says, I refuse to quit until I'm changed. I refuse to quit until you bless me. Where is that at in the church? Where's it at in us? Where's the grit within us that says, I refuse to let go until I'm changed. I refuse to lay down until I'm blessed. Kamal's been challenging me lately with this, his revelation on being the lion, that there was a time for the lamb, and the lamb was needed, but now it's time for a lion. There's a mentality that has to come out in us that understands I, I am in this thing to win it. I'm in this thing to fight for this. Paul said, take these things and begin to wage a good warfare. Know that you're fixing to go into the fight of your life. We want healing and we want wholeness and we want Jesus make us into the, to the image of, God make us into the image of Jesus Christ and we want to be like your son. And guess what happens next? You get punched in the mouth and then you have to make the decision, do I really want this or not? Because this doesn't come by osmosis. 
You don't get to sit around and sing kumbaya and look like Jesus. Jesus learned obedience, Bible says, through the things that he suffered. You got to go through some stuff. We got we to end up in some situations that I have to tap into something on the inside of me that at the moment I want to quit, I dig in. and I say, it's just not in me. It's not in me to quit. I bet I typed out five times this week a text message to send to my dad to say, I can't preach Sunday morning. I'm going through too much. I'm dealing with too much right now. And he even, after I raced it every single time, I ran into him two days ago and he said, hey, I was going to ask you, do you, you know, I understand what you're going through, things are happening, do you want me to preach this Sunday? And I was like, look, God set it up for me. God set it up for me. And then that thing within me said, no, 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 no. Just you showing up is going to win the fight. Just you show, because you don't know. Don't think because I carry it so well that it's not heavy. You don't understand, sometimes we stand in this pulpit and we've been to hell and back, but just me standing here reminds the enemy, I don't quit. I don't bow down and I don't step back. This is what we need in the church. I tell you what, if things go a certain direction in November, you better get some grit about you. As a Christian, you better know what you stand for and why you stand for it. And you better be willing to let that lion come out in you and say, I refuse to be pushed into a corner. I'm not bowing to your egotistical mindset that is coming from a certain side that's coming directly against everything I believe in. You know why he's preparing us now? For the fight that's coming. He said, I'm giving you some prophetic words. And you know what they're for? They're for you to fight with there for you to fight with. Man, I'm here to fight this morning, Kenny. I don't have a sermon for you. I just need you to know I'm in the fight. And I'm sorry if I haven't called you or texted you late to see how you're doing because I got blood pouring from my face because I'm fighting right now, but I'm here and I'm not quitting and I'm not going anywhere. And I refuse to lay down in this moment. I want to read y'all something. Where's my phone? I think it was my sister that shared this this week. It says, sometimes breakthrough doesn't look like we think. Sometimes breakthrough hurts. Sometimes it's ugly, but it's still breakthrough. Several weeks ago, Jennifer ministered on a Sunday night. One of the most pivotal moments in life church history was that Sunday night. I hope and pray you were a part of it and you've stewarded it since then. It was a huge pivotal moment for this church and she talked about healing. I cannot keep this thing on me today. Have me a handheld ready. I won't fight it long. (laughs) Since you know I'm talking about don't quit fighting. A few weeks ago, she taught on being healed. Everybody lined up across the front. It was awesome. We cried and people spoke into us. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I thought from that moment, I was fixing to just walk away changed. Like, I'm healed now. Like, 
I went up there, Jennifer preached an awesome message, and she yelled and screamed in my face. I mean, it wasn't at me, but she was screaming at something, and I figured the way she was screaming, I figured it would have left. I mean, I was ready to leave. And I thought, this is it. Change now. It's all over now, Kenny. We healed. We healed. I went up there and said the prayer thing. We're healed. I walked out on Monday morning, and there it was. And the fight was on. And I went into some places that I can't even tell you about. And some things had to be exposed and brought up from my past, some things that happened to me, some things that I was involved in. All that stuff starts coming up and it's being exposed and it's being revealed and it's like the whole time it's taunting you say, you gonna make it? You gonna fight through this? You gonna push through this or you gonna lay down? Are you gonna give up in this moment? This is too big for you. I literally told, uh, I don't remember who it was, Courtney, Colby, one of them. I told them at this moment, I know Satan's real. I'm just praying God is just as real. Come on. <laughs> Because it sounds good in here on Sunday. But when you got to go back and stand in front of that, and you're laying awake, tossing and turning all night long, and you don't sleep because you're fighting this thing within you, and you don't want to be that thing, and you don't want to be a part of that thing, but it's controlled you since you were a child, and it's been a part of you for as long as you can remember, and you're standing there saying, God, how do I get past this? It's impossible. To the point of laying in my, in my bed at night, sweating and crying and finally saying, God, if you don't do something, it's going to kill me. I'll be dead. I would rather be dead. Just getting to that point. And him reminded me, it's a fight. It's a fight. Paul said, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Quit fighting all the, in, in, all the stupid little fights. Quit fighting. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So every time you fight the person sitting around you, you had to step out of a productive fight to get in a fight that would not matter. So Satan's not worried about us fighting. He just picks what we fight. So we never actually fight the good fight. We just fight each other. And we fight the church down the road. And we fight your theology and your background and your racism. And we fight all these things around us instead of fighting the fight that matters. So we all show up on Sunday morning. We're all broken. We're all messed up. We all need healing. But we worship through a couple of songs. We amen the pastor. And we go right back into our broken situations. Because no one's wanting to dig in to the depths of healing that requires a fight. He said the kingdom of heaven suffer the violent and the violent take it by force. You don't get this thing by patty caking with it. You better be ready to fight. You gotta be ready to fight. Paul said, I'm ready to go on now. I'm ready to go on and be with the Lord because I fought a good fight. I finished my race. He also has some scripture where he said, I, didn't, I wasn't as one who boxes against the air. He said, what, what y'all are doing when you're like this, and you're just beating the air and you're not accomplishing anything. But there is a good fight. He said, that's the one I fought. But it's a fight. Some of you today, you're in this fight. Some of you were in the fight this morning. When it starts getting into all the, here's a 
word of knowledge and hear somebody dancing kind of crazy and stand up to receive peace, you went into a fight right then. And the majority of the church will lose that fight every time. And the fight was, do I embrace this and start experiencing what God wants for me? Or do I succumb to my own emotions that say, don't do that, don't get involved in that, that's a little crazy, and you lost the fight. But then you want to go home and you want to win the fight in your marriage and you want to win the fight with your kids and you can't even win the fight with your pride. But it's a fight. But it's a fight. He said, wage a good warfare. I got to watch a, an incredible documentary on Ulysses S. Grant. And as wild as he was and could be, even though history has not done him proper justice because he was one of the greatest generals to ever live, and served two terms of incredible presidency that was twisted and made wrong by a lot of people. When he was leading the army, and a lot of the guys around him didn't, a lot of the generals around him were described as lazy. They would slightly win a battle, and then they would just rejoice and party, and the enemy would regroup and get stronger and come back and whip them. But Grant... He would halfway win, and they would start to retreat, and he would tell the whole army, we're going to get them. We ain't stopping until they're all gone. He had no quit in him, and because it cost a lot of soldiers, but because of it, he, well, the generals around him didn't like him. So they started riding into uh, President Lincoln, saying, you need to get rid of this guy. He's, he's a loose cannon. He's this. He's that. And Abraham's response was, I cannot spare him because he fights. Not because he's got it all figured out, not because he always makes the best decisions, not because he's decorated like all of y'all, not because he comes from good pedigree. He said, I can't spare him because he fights. And so yesterday, sitting in my chair, I was thinking, is that how God feels about me? Is that how my, my commander-in-chief feels about me? I can't spare him because he fights. He may make some bad decisions and he may not always get it right and, and because he's so just passionate to go get it, he may stumble over some things, but he fights. That's what I want him to say about me. I may not have got it all right, Kenny, but I'll fight. I'll fight with you, bro. If you're going through it, if it's happening, if it's the kingdom is being advanced, I'm going to fight. And just like Grant it may cost me some things and I may lose some stuff and some things may not always get done exactly like it should be but I'm going to fight. I'm going to be willing to fight. And in the middle of one of these battles, Grant was pushing his men so hard. He had just won this first attack, and the, the enemy was starting to retreat. And he comes out, and he says, we're all going after him. So, nobody's rest. We're all going. And one of his commanders comes in and says, like, man, our guys are exhausted. And he says, so are theirs. He said, yeah, but we've been running so hard. And he looked at him and he said, yeah, but we have a strength that they don't have. When that commander looks at him confused, he said, it's our purpose. The purpose that we're fighting for gives us a strength that they don't have. Grant and the Union Army were fighting so that all men will be created equal and that it created a level playing field for all people. And the South wasn't. 
So he was so convinced that the purpose he was fighting for gave him a strength that the enemy didn't have. Can I tell you, your purpose for fighting gives you a strength that the enemy don't have, so don't give up. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. I know it's been a rough year. Don't back up. Keep pressing forward. Keep engaging in the fight. Lay aside the petty fights that are around you. Man, I could just teach on his life all morning. Because he was so amazing, those that were just above him begin to sit him down, pull him out of ranks, not give him so much authority and so much power. And it would have been the perfect opportunity for him to be petty. It would have been the perfect opportunity for him to say, I just did this and I did that. I'm this, I'm whatever, and he didn't. When they set him down, he sat back. He kept training, he kept preparing, he kept putting together information. He didn't allow himself to start fighting a fight that wouldn't get him what he was after. Paul said, fight the good fight. Quit fighting the fights of your preference and the way you think it should be done and the way you think it should be said. Quit fighting those types of fights and understand we're in a real fight. When I was young, I, I was in the, I was just, I had some stuff happen. And I was in a fight that no one around me could imagine. And in the middle of that type of a fight that someone my age shouldn't have to be fighting, And in the middle of going through everything I was going through, I would show up to a church that should have been my safe haven, right? It should have been the place I could run to because of everything that I was going through. It should have been my my saving grace. But I would come to a church while fighting all of this and be criticized for my hair, my hat, the way I dressed, And so think about someone who is fighting as hard as they can to survive and they show up to your pettiness saying, this is not our preference. And then ask yourself, why does 87% of my generation leave the church? This is why. Because while we were fighting for our lives, churches were fighting each other. While kids are fighting for their lives, religious people were just fighting each other. So sometimes I'm harsh on religion and I'm harsh on church stuff. All my life, people would come to our church to minister, and, you know, I I was the pastor's son, so I guess that made me a good target, but they'd want to call me out and give me big prophetic words. You're going to go do this, and you're going to touch the nation, and you're going to speak to millions, and you're going to, and they were all like that, every one of them. 
Literally, when we would have guest preachers come, I would sit there dreadfully anticipating them calling me up and giving me a prophetic word. And I would stand there as they gave their prophetic word, and I would think, if you're so prophetic, why can't you speak something that would save me from what I'm trapped in right now? I don't need you to tell me I'll speak to millions. I need you to save me right now. And so I'm after, I'm after this where we quit getting distracted with pettiness and the, the other fights that don't matter and we begin to understand there's a, there's a group of kids who are having to fight for their lives and I'm too concerned about saving them to try to look spiritual to you. What happened to, to the real prophetic words? Because I believe in destiny. He has plans for us we can't imagine. But what happened to the real prophetic words that say, yeah, Colby, there's a calling on your life, but you don't understand what you'll have to go through to get it. You don't understand the loss and the hurt and the heartache that comes from this journey. Where are those words that set us up and prepare us for real life? Don't puff me up, prepare me. The church has spent years puffing you up so you will stay here and pay us your money and we can do what we like to do here. Instead of preparing you for life, preparing you for the fight of faith, Paul was telling Timothy, beware because you've just joined something and it's going to be a fight. The enemy is coming after you. Your flesh is going to fight you. The world system is going to fight you. Everything's going to be against you. Are you sure you want to be a part of this? Jesus told him, count the cost before you get on this team because it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. It's a fight. I wanted, I, I wanted to be healed so bad, but because I could never figure out how or experience it, I learned to just build this structure in my life that hid me from all of it, that protected me from all of it, and I was in control of it. And then I thought, now I've got my moment for healing. God has called it all out. He's brought me up here. We're just going to pray over it and things are about to change. When in reality, I didn't realize as soon as I let them walls down, the fight was on. The fight was on. Make no mistake, I'm not saying I've stayed where I am and in the position I am just because I have a determination not to quit. Although I do have that. There's a scripture that says, great grace was upon them all. And I believe that has been my scripture. That for years and years of ministry and, and stability and raising the family that I have and being in the positions that I have has been because there's been a great grace upon my life. There's been a submission to a spiritual father in my life and it has held me in place. But God is bringing me to the point and I believe us to the point to where he's saying all that is great but I'm ready to heal you so deeply and restore some things so deeply that you don't need any of those structures around you to hold you up. But to get there, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. And I'm not talking about the petty fight of, will we go to church this week? If you're still fighting that fight, you're not ready for this fight.
we've, we've, we. <laughs> mm. I'm telling you guys, we're in a fight. I don't know how else to put it. I've spent most of my ministry doing my very best never to give Satan any credit whatsoever. I hate when people spend hours talking about Satan's plans and Satan's this and Satan's that. The Bible says when we see him, we'll laugh and say, that's the one. But in doing so, I think I have allowed myself to slip into the mindset that there's not even a fight. That it's not even real. We're not even, we're not even doing this. And I don't know if it was some type of uh, protective thing that I created in my own mind. But I'm telling you guys, we're in a fight. We're in a fight individually. We're in a fight in our marriages. It, it's always blown my mind that the divorce rate is the exact same in the church that, is, that, is, that it is in the world. The same rate. It, it's always blown my mind. But it's because we don't fight. It's because we don't fight for it. I believe Proverbs 24 and 10 has been an indictment against the church in so many areas. That we tend to faint in adversity because our strength is small. I believe this generation here right now is starting to step into our first chance to, as the church globally, stand against some things, especially within our nation. Because before my time, the church had a chance to stand against them taking prayer out of schools, and because the church was weak, they fainted in adversity, and prayer got removed from schools. It came along again with Roe versus Wade, and the church had a chance to stand, but because of weakness, they fainted in adversity, and abortion became legal. Guess what? We're here again. And right now, they're doing everything they can. And they're fighting our services, our gatherings. They're telling them they can't sing. They're telling them they can't chant, which is a cover-up for them saying you can't pray. There's been an incredible worship movement that has started in our nation, and it started in parks. Well, they couldn't come up with any reason for them not to gather in parks, so they called it a health issue and closed down the parks. Tell me they ain't coming after us. We don't know it yet because we're stuck down here in little bitty Columbia, Louisiana. But it's happening. And if we don't start learning to win our personal, internal battles, fight for this, we won't be ready for the fight that's coming. Because this fight, you ain't going to win it with a gun. You ain't going to win it with brute strength telling you it's, we're in a fight. We're in a fight for everything we stand for and everything we believe in. You're going to have to fight to experience the fullness of the healing in your life. You're going to have to fight to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to fight to keep your marriage healthy. Are we ready for this? Or did we just sign up for church on Sunday mornings and you take care of my kids for a little while and I check the Christian box on Facebook and that way I get into heaven? No, no, no. Me and dad have been going back and forth on something, and I actually, I wanted to call him this morning and run this new thing by him, but dad made a statement a little while back, and I thought it was awesome, when he said, don't try to pump me up about going to heaven with streets of gold and gates of pearl. 
That's narcissistic. That's saying I just want to go there because it's going to be awesome for me. Heaven's going to be awesome because Jesus is there. So wherever it is and whatever it's made of, it's going to be great because it's Jesus. But we've been going back and forth on this. And when we get there, heaven may actually have gates of pearl and streets of gold. I don't know that. I don't know that it doesn't. I don't know that it does. I know you're all like, whoa, you're going against the Bible now. So much in the Bible is a representation. I'm not here to argue whether it does or doesn't, but I want to I show you this. It has gates of pearl. Gates mean the entrance into heaven. Pearl is made out of pressure. Maybe what he was saying is it's a kingdom to where the only way in is through pressure. But we just want it to look pretty. I just need it to look good when I get there. When you get there, you ain't going to care what it looks like because we're probably going to be crawling in, bleeding, saying, I won the fight and I made it here. I don't care if it's got gold or pearl or whatever. I just know I'm going to make it there, whatever it looks like. And then he says it's got streets of gold. Guess how gold's made? Maybe that means all the pathways to get there are purged with fire. Mm, it's getting real now, ain't it? It's getting real now. Because we ain't going there to sit on clouds and float around and play harps. That's not my destiny. That's not my purpose. He said, I put you here to take on some things. I put you here to fight some systems and some principalities and some powers. But we haven't started fighting the principalities and powers because I can't stop fighting you. I can't save them from the principalities and the powers that are robbing our children because I can't stop disagreeing with you long enough to turn and fight those things. We've been invited into a fight. We've been enlisted. I'm telling you, this is way outside of my normal teaching. But when I tell you I've been in a fight that you that I don't know how to explain to you on some of the deepest, most personal, hardest levels you can imagine. And I was sitting here, sitting right here in prayer this week. And I was reading the story of Jacob where he wrestled with God. And I was like, man, I feel Jacob right now. Like, I feel like I'm in that wrestling match. And I'm trying my best not to let go, and I'm trying to hold on. And I made some kind of statement in prayer about having to win this fight. And the Holy Spirit asked me, did Jacob win his fight? So I got to think about it. Well, since he was fighting God, I'm going to go with No because we know God has never lost a fight. And so he spoke this to me and said, well, maybe the problem is you don't know when to lose and where to win. <laughs> and he began to show me that Jacob's ultimate victory was losing that fight. That there were some things I was fighting and holding on to, and until I was willing to lose that fight and let it go, I couldn't experience the victory in some area, other areas because I was still trying to win this one. 
And winning, losing a fight is not fun. I don't know if any of you have ever actually been in a fight. Like, have you ever fist fought someone? Losing's not fun because you get punched in the face. I don't know if y'all fought yet. I know Dustin's fault. I've almost fought Dustin a couple times. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Holly's thinking, I fought him yesterday. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's not fun. And so when I was going through the exposure and everything's coming out and, and it's, it's chaos and it's, it, it sucks. I don't know how else to put that. I wish I had a more spiritual term for y'all. But I realized sometimes in losing this and letting that thing come down, letting that battle come down, letting that wall come down, then it starts preparing me to win where it matters. And sometimes that's in really small things. Sometimes you need to be willing to shut your mouth and lose the argument so you can win somewhere else. Man, that's hard, ain't it? That's hard because I don't like losing arguments. I'm non-confrontational, and I don't engage in a lot, but if you ever get me into one, chances are I ain't losing. I don't like to. So I guess what I'm telling you today is if, if you really want to step into the place where you start winning some fights, first you need to lose one. I don't know how. Good luck with that. I feel like Jesus and his parables. Did you get that? No? Okay, good luck. Figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted to come to you guys this morning, bring you some scripture and remind you we're in a fight. I feel like some of us have been sitting around saying, why does it suck so bad right now? Why does this relation have tension and this is this and this is that? Just when I thought it was okay, there's this and the financial climate and the racial climate and all these. It's because we're in a fight. We've been invited into this fight. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. I want to prepare you this morning. You better be ready to fight. You got to be ready to fight. This thing's not a cakewalk. It's a fight. It's a fight of faith. We've always talked about how when you read the faith chapter in, in Hebrews 11, and it says things like, and Abraham wavered not, and Sarah was so much belief, and it just names all like their lives were perfect. And if you only read Hebrews chapter 11, you think, there's no way. <laughs> oh, I'm out. But if you go back to the beginning and actually read their stories, you see that Abraham did waver. <laughs> and you see that Sarah did laugh. And you see David did commit adultery and have her husband killed, and the list goes on. So it wasn't about them making every single decision right. It was about their willingness to stay in the fight. Just stay in the fight. I feel like some people need to hear it this morning. Don't quit. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. I know it's tough. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have a fight. But be of good cheer. Because I already won the fight. 
That was a good paraphrase. It should be in the message Bible like that. Be of good cheer, because he already won. He made the way. Stay in the fight. Me and Kamal were talking yesterday. The church has done really good at pretending like everything's okay. We're the best at it. How are you today, brother? I am blessed and highly favored. Why'd you cuss your wife out coming in the door? (laughs) Wow, that hit home for somebody. You see what I'm saying, though? In no way am I saying, I want you to come here every day and pour all your problems on me. That's not what I'm after. But the church has just become really good at, you're fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. Right? And we haven't been honest about the fact that, man, I've been in a fight. I've been in a fight, Kenny. Dad asked me last Sunday, where were you at today? I was like, my body was here, but I was in a fight. But I was here. Can I just, can I just, I was in a fight, but guess where I was? I was right there on that drum. I was right here on this front pew. I was here early this morning, getting the computers ready, turning the air on. My body was here, but I was in a fight. And I just believe every time I kept taking a step forward and I kept showing up and I kept pressing in, every time I was reminding the devil, you keep coming, but I ain't quitting. You keep bringing it, but I ain't quitting. And it ain't just been the last couple of weeks. You, you, you don't understand. This has been years for me. This has been years fighting this thing for me. I ain't quitting. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping. Matter of fact, I almost ordered me a shirt yesterday that just says, just keep praising. Because I'm just going to keep coming, and I'm going to keep coming. The word I keep getting is just gritty. The church has got to quit trying to be so pretty and get back to being gritty. The church in Acts wasn't pretty. It was scattered, it was beaten, it was broken, it was hurting, but it was gritty. And they didn't quit. They said, you can't live in our city no more and you can't have a job here because you're a Christian. So they went just out the city and dug tunnels and built caves and lived in those. They were gritty. They just had it in them. I've been pulling from generals and founding fathers of our country. They were gritty. This country wouldn't be here if it wasn't for some gritty people who said, you know what? There's a better way. There's a better way than living under the oppression that we're under. And then we started, and we didn't have it quite right, Kenny, because we were feeling freer, but my colored brothers weren't. And some more guys stood up and were real gritty and said, you know what? We didn't start this nation to create more oppression We started it so that everyone would be created equally. And thousands upon thousands gave their life for the cause that we could all be created equally. There was some grit within them that said, I ain't quitting. I ain't quitting until we get what we're after. I want to close with this. In in the memoir of his life, Grant 
wrote a, which by the way, my birthday's next week, and if anybody wants to buy me a, gri- a gift, I would love to have the memoir of his life. I'm just saying, if you're just looking, no big deal. Uh, that's next Saturday, by the way. Uh, but in it, he said, starting as a child, there was a, there was a thing that he lived by, and it's why he was the way he was. And I'm probably not going to say it like he said it because them guys back then just talked awesome. Like when they wrote things, you're like, God, did y'all ever say normal stuff? Like, but he said, I made up in my mind that when I set out to do something, I would not return until that thing was done. God, I'm going to let that set in for a minute. When I set out to do something, I didn't return until that thing was done. Church, I want us to have that kind of a grit within us. Because when I set out on the process of my own personal healing, about three days in, I thought, nope, don't want it. Never mind. But I have to have that grit and that mentality. I've set out on this thing, and I'm not going to return until it's done. I'm not backing up until I'm fully healed. Until I'm in the image of my elder brother, Jesus Christ. That's what this thing is about. He deserves it. Jesus deserves us to have some grit about us and decide right now, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight for what I believe in. And I don't know what it is about when it becomes a spiritual thing. We tend to disconnect so quickly. Like if it was a natural fight, man, I could enlist y'all so fast. Y'all be ready to roll. Kind of like when they said, hey, we're going to meet up here and sign people's names to recall our governor. Son, y'all was jumping in cars and tearing out and buying each other lunch. I'm just saying. But now when it becomes something spiritual, we become so hesitant. We're so reserved. I'm ready for a church with some grit. I'm ready for that lion. I'm ready for that line to stand up and begin to roar again and say, we're the church and we're here and we ain't going nowhere. This is my last thing and I'm closing, I promise. Look, I'm gonna get y'all out for 12. Nobody text or call dad until like 30 minutes later make him think we were here a long time. <laughs> I wanna pray with y'all before we go. Uh, some of the scriptures as well that was with this it was when Jesus healed the lepers. He told them, go and show yourself to the priests. And the Bible says that as they went, they were healed. It was, it was their willingness to continue going that brought the fullness of their healing. Uh, so I, I feel like there's some people here today. You're kind of like I was. Maybe you were here in that same service with Jennifer and such a powerful healing service and and kind of just from the prayer thought now this is my healing this is where things are going to change and and I, I and then you realized when you left there it just began well can I tell you as you go if you'll keep going keep fighting keep pressing in we're in this journey we're on this faith walk together and as you go you'll be healed I understand it's deep and it goes way back trust me I know 
I understand. And it takes a lot to get there. It takes a lot to get into that. But as they went. So I want to pray that with you guys this morning. Uh, if some of you guys want to get ready for the baptism while we move that shield and that screen. Y'all can go ahead and go get ready. You that are being baptized. But God is really wanting to bring total healing to some people. But he's wanting to be honest with you and let you know you'll be healed as you go. You got to go. You got to move. You got to keep pressing in. You got to keep fighting for this. So I want to pray that over you guys this morning. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now, in our church, in our families. We understand that right now the pressure is growing. The the, the fight is on, things are happening, things are going on. But I just, I just declare a, a relentlessness, a, a grit about the people that we just, we just settle into this mindset that I refuse to back up, I refuse to quit, that I'm in this fight, that we're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to remain in this thing, even if it takes a while. Even if right now we're not seeing what we're after, we're going to, we're going to fight for this thing, Father. Thank you for being honest with us. Your scripture is so honest in the struggles and the fight and the battle that comes with being on a journey of faith. So, Father, we just press into that this morning. And we understand that our journey is no different, that we're going to fight, we're going to press in, we're going to go through some things, we're going to experience loss, we're gonna, we're gonna, things are going to happen, but we're going to remain in the fight. And we're going to, like Timothy, we're going to wage a good warfare. We thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.